0: Talk Radio. He's a man who's going to tell you like it is. You can never be afraid of something that you don't know about. Now that's ignorance, and for us, ignorance is not bliss. He's a man who's not afraid to talk about the real issues and not skate around it. And welcome to Zero Today I am your humble host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal Hailing from Cajun Land, USA Here to present you with seeds of wisdom Insight, empowerment And liberation It's our goal, it's our responsibility, it's our objective Every single time we get on the air To promote knowledge that is engaging And transforming And to empower you, our listeners Everybody who listens, all five of you <laughs> Everyone who's listening, it's our goal, is our responsibility, obligation, our objective to empower you our listeners to know and being doing and impacting the world around you. And we're excited that we've been able to be able to, we've been able to do this over the last four years with your support, your prayers, your comments and everything your wonderful, wonderful support. We just thank you for all of that. And we're excited. And as always, you can join us on this illuminating journey. Many ways to do so. The first and primary way to do so is by calling the number on uh, that you. The number that I will give you that you can use to get your thoughts, insights, uh, opinions, whatever it may be, commentary uh, on whatever today's topic is. And that number is three four seven two three seven five two three zero. That's the number to call. The chat room is uh we're working on it. It had a it had a little issue with opening it. Uh but it should be opening soon. So as soon as it gets open, you'll be able to go to Black Tall Radio and get into the chat room. Uh follow us on our Facebook page, Zero Network on Facebook. Go there, like the page, go to the show on blogtalkradio.com slash zero today. Subscribe to the show. you get be able to access shows all the way back as far as we've been doing this. Um, follow us on our blog, LorenzoTNeal.com. That's one way. Uh, we try to keep that updated. We don't do it as regularly as we should, but we're going to be doing that. And if you just need to get in touch with me personally, you can follow me on my personal Twitter quack. Account at prophesy or send me an email pastor Lorenzo Neal at gmail.com uh today we're going to be talking about trending churches churches that are trendy not not uh, uh well not traditional let me put it that way so we're going to be talking about that uh my my question I'm posing it uh, out, you know, is it all right or should it be? And I actually think sometimes trendy churches may be dangerous churches. So we're gonna be talking about that. And if you have any thoughts or comments about that, of course, we'd love to hear you. know we'll be talking about that at the bottom of the hour. But as always, before we go forward in broadcast, we like always it always started off with prayer, and we're gonna do prayer and uh, get into a couple of head- head- headlines for today. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this. Thank you for your grace and your mercy that allows us to see another day allows function capacity we do Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to uh, have dialogue monologue, whatever it may be with a great audience across the globe We ask for God that the words of our mouth and meditation of our heart be acceptable in your sight That is our prayer in your name. Amen So let's get straight into some news today and there of course uh, jamal uh Doctor Jamal Bryant is still making headlines and uh we're gonna talk about that later on. I I didn't want to jump ahead of that, but uh you know, I I come in on what he said last week. I've listened to the entire sermon. Uh as a pastor, I understand how we try to make connections sometimes in our messages that will appeal to the emotive response and that can get out of hand sometimes I think this is one of those circumstances not trying to defend him or anything like that uh, I think it was very 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 inappropriate And uh, I, I don't think he has apologized for it yet, but that's neither here nor there we, but We're going to be talking about how things like what he did uh, uh, Is more common than we caught we like uh, we think so we're gonna talk about that also uh that's gonna be talk we talked about it a little bit more, expound a little bit more on that in the second half. But the first half, here's some news that I thought was uh I thought was was uh, uh interesting to me. Um and I, I I'm kinda appalled by it, but I don't know how you know, I'm looking at it and and as I was reading it before, I I I I kinda think that we've kinda as a Christian as a Western Christian church, we are so amassed in craziness uh tolerant, and as his idea of a a egalitarian church that is it's a crazy thing uh i'm speaking in particular about an event that will be this week uh on next weekend the 22nd of sunday the 22nd of june um the national cathedral of washington will be making history and celebrating uh what has come to be known as the June, uh, in the month of June, as uh, Gay and Pride Month, or whatever they call it, LGBT Month. Um, It's also Black History Music, you know, Black Music History Month, or whatever, Black Music. But uh, that is overshadowed by uh, uh, the LGBT uh, Pride Month. That's what it is, Pride Month. And so, you you know, different places will be having different ways of celebrating uh, that community. And the national cathedral of washington d c is uh taking leadership in celebrating that the this month this pride month by uh allowing the first openly transgender person uh, pre- transgender priest episcopal preach to preach uh, yeah, yeah you heard me right the first openly transgendered priest this is a female who became a male uh and is now a male priest with the, within the episcopal church of america and this person will be preaching at the national cathedral in washington dc uh on june 22nd now you may wonder what why she would be concerned about that well here's it. uh uh Reverend Cameron Partridge will uh, it will be the first ever trans openly transparent to step on that platform. and uh because they're trying to, you know, send a message of openness, affirmation, all these uh positive words to, you know, affirm and defend whatever it may be. Uh which is and I believe and you may not like it. I do believe that um while homosexuality is a sin, homosexuality is sin, all sin is sin, now, you know, not arguing and not standing on or against or anything like that. I'm just simply saying, uh, if we were going go by biblical standards, uh, all of this, you know, um, it, it's crazy. Now, and then I, I know I just presented one of the weak arguments and I, I know that, uh, I'm not trying to even go back and try to argue. I know it was a very weak argument, um. But I'm speaking now, you know, not as an argument against or for, but just to state where we have come as a church, as a Western church. And the other reason is because this is the church. The National Cathedral is has become recognized as the Uh, National Church, even though according to the Constitution, we do not have a national church or national religion What we do have is a a building, a sanctuary, a cathedral in the capital city Where leadership goes, that's where our, uh, you know, that's where uh, Presidents have been, that's where they attend church, some of them, that during the inauguration services That's where it's held, Uh, the uh, prayer prayer services sometimes have been held at the National Cathedral, some other places, but but the National Cathedral has been recognized symbolically as the National Church, you know, the National Cathedral of the United States, unofficially, because whenever a dignitary dies, particularly a president, you know, they, they may be housed in the rotunda, uh, lay the rest, I mean, uh, lay in state in the rotunda, of the capital, but The funeral may be held uh, at the National Cathedral as there were a couple of senators who died, you know, uh, congresspersons who died while in office, and their services were held at the National Cathedral. But I I said all that because, uh, you know, to some, while it is a symbolic, uh, it's a symbol of the national faith, interfaith be it, you know, non-believing, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a symbol of a national identity, a religion, national religious identity, particularly a national Christian religious identity. So we can't deny that. And for this symbol of national Christian religious identity to take leadership on in this historic moment says a lot about where we are uh as a nation religiously. We are becoming so tolerant now, uh and more so mainline churches of to which I am part of, mainline, you know, denominations such as the Methodist, in in this case the Episcopal, um and <laughs> to, to, to undergird this story while the National Cathedral is allowing this first transgender person to uh, preach their sermon uh, the One of the bishops in the Episcopal Church, who uh, was the first openly ordained and uh, consecrated bishop in the Episcopal Church, uh, the person of the, Eugene Robinson, is getting the divorce from his partner and husband of 25 years. And that puts, again, that's another awkward position. Uh, here this man uh, was uh, – <laughs> and they, they gave him the nickname Vicky. <laughs> Vicky Roberts. It's funny. I don't know why, but hey, that's what they did. But he, while while this headline, while this transgendered priest is making headlines to be the first openly transgendered priest to preach in a national setting, uh, this the uh, one of the priests, one of the bishops of uh, this this denomination is getting a divorce from his. His open, he's openly gay bishop, and he's getting a divorce from his spouse, his partner, I, you know, whatever. I don't know. That takes simple weather, and it begs to offer the question. It begs to offer the question is of you know why, why are why are some why are the why is the LGBT community pushing so hard for acceptance? And then, when such happens, we're getting a a, a kind of a, a dis dissonant picture because you have people now who fought hard to be accepted and get married now getting divorced it's crazy it doesn't make any sense to me i I just don't understand it uh maybe i'm wrong if i'm wrong I'd love to hear you uh hear those of you share your Thoughts on it, get a greater understanding. Maybe you can. Um, if if I'm right, I'd love to hear you say why you why you like to support my argument. Uh, if that if that's the case, but either way, it's just strange. And um and I, I I'm, I'm I'm honestly my concern is the state of the affairs for the church, and we're gonna talk about that later. I don't want to jump ahead of myself, but uh. It's interesting, how should we, how should we, uh, uh, I mean, not how, uh, but when will this be trickling down? When will this become more accepted? And should it come to our to the black church in particular? What are we going to do when we start having uh, individuals like this, um, like uh, the one we talked before, Reverend Cameron uh, Partridge? Uh, what would we do? do when we start when we start having individuals such as that person uh a transgendered individual black preacher now uh there's a Reverend bishop o.c allen in uh atlanta if you're not familiar with him he's pastor uh, he's a bishop of a progressive of Pentecostal uh uh communion and by progressive they're they're an affirming uh Communion, and you hear the firm, word affirming. It basically means that they, you know, they're same sex accepting and loving. And of course, I'm same sex. As I've, anybody can come to my church, but I digress. I'm not trying to get on that argument. But um, here, he is. Uh, this is a black man who is a bishop of a church uh, or of a fellowship that is largely homosexual, and he has a partner. And in the D.C. area, there's another church that was planted about four years ago, and uh, the the pastor of that church has a first gentleman. They celebrated uh, this year, earlier this year, their fourth year anniversary uh, at the church. Um, so, so little by little, we're finding, in in black church, it's becoming acceptable and normal. We know we've always had them in the music department at the church, My, uh, you know. A, there have been a greater part of the music ministers, choir directors, choir members, male and female, who were, you know, homosexual. They stayed in their place, they stayed on their organ, they stayed on the drum, they stayed wherever, you know, they stayed in the choir director, whatever, and they didn't push it. But now these this community is getting more aggressive uh, and uh, and coming out front in all churches including my denomination my zion the ame church and the question is well how would we how would we what would we do when this knocks on our door when we have a black man or woman who is transgendered from being a man or woman and they want to preach or if they start their own church protest should we protest how should we respond to that i i don't know but i'd love to give you thoughts and insights and on that on that particular situation, um, the the whole point is, you know, the Washington Cathedral, while they're trying to affirm and show love and you know be accepting, and the church should do that anyway. We shouldn't have to go out of our way to do that because that is what Christ called us to do. He said that. Christ himself said that we people would know that we are his disciples by our love, one for another. So loving and affirming is a part of Christ. The problem is, and I'm just saying this, you know, dealing with individuals who are going through those gender identity issues and uh, struggling, whether they be bi-curious, whether they be down low, whether they be... All the out, you know, they've already come out and they've had their celebration. What do we do with these folk? You don't excommunicate them. You can't excommunicate them. How do you love them and still be within biblical love? You know, and, and maybe that's a redundant question. Uh, I don't know, uh, but it's just something to ponder as as uh, we we embrace, uh, we enter a new in a new paradigm of of church and and, uh uh dr neil i do mean shame (laughs) you're right i do mean shame uh it's it's something it's dr neil in the chat it's something i I, I'm, i'm wrestling with because i don't understand how we're going to embrace this and still remain uh authentic to our calling and you know because well let me let me move on. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, we're gonna be talking. Um, we're gonna be talking on the subject for the day. The topic of the day is the church trendy is a good church, uh, is, is a trendy church, a good church, or is it a dangerous church? That's what we're gonna be asking on the backside of this break. And we want you to stay tuned. We don't want you to go anywhere. We'll be back right after this. I wasn't born to push papers. I was born to push myself. To go where I'm needed. To keep this country safe. I was born with the backbone and brain power to take on any mission. This is my office. I was born ready. GoCoastGuard.com At Farmers, we make you smarter about insurance because what you don't know can hurt you. What if you didn't know that posting your travel plans online may attract burglars? Talk to Hawaii. What if you didn't know that as the price of gold rises, so should the coverage on your jewelry? Ah. What if you didn't know that kitty litter can help you out of a slippery situation? The more you know, the better you can plan for what's ahead. Talk to farmers and get smarter about your insurance. We are farmers. You're listening to Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. Folks, I know your dad, if he's still alive, is priceless, timeless, probably the epitome of masculinity to you. Or you just can't think of anything to do or get him for Father's Day other than a car. Well, let me make a recommendation to you. Don't get him a tie. You know, ties are good. Maybe cufflinks are good too. But, but you know what? Give, make them feel special. I suggest that you go to Sherry's berries and get him some delectable gifts that he will enjoy more than a tie. Yeah, he'll probably wear the tie more, but I, get you. I guarantee you, if he ain't got the sugars, he's going to love some chocolate-covered strawberries. I know I would. <laughs> I'd love to get some of those chocolate-covered strawberries. And I tell you, there's a Father's Day gift, guy that you can get right now. It's not too late to order your best gift. You can get him some chocolate-covered strawberries that look like baseball, football, make him feel like he's in the game, you know what I'm saying? It, And make it, you can even get it's NBA finals. He might be watching the game, might be pulling for the Spurs or the Heat, whoever it is. But you know what? You can get him a full dozen hand dip basketball strawberries for only $44. How about that? That's a great deal. And I tell you, he'll be glad because you know you thought more than just for a tie. So go to Sherry's Berries. It's simply, you can go by www.berries.com and you can see all the good deals that they have for Father's Day or. You know, you can call uh, however you want to do it. You can call their number. And uh, I lost their number. So, But, hey, you got the website. And when you go to the website, you'll see a little microphone on the right-hand corner. Kick that, click on that microphone. You might get you a great deal. That's Sherry'sBerries.com, berries.com for Father's Day strawberries. You'll love it, I guarantee Right, good morning, welcome back to Zero Today. Again, I'm your humble host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal. It is a wonderful Wednesday. The hump day is here. Pre-Father's Day hump day. I tell you, I'm excited about the day. It's been storming all week and It's just shining. Uh, my dog is outside. Uh, I got me a pet turtle now. I'm telling you, I, yeah, I found a turtle. Uh, well, I didn't find it. He found a turtle, and, you know, I'm just keeping it just because I can't. <laughs> But anyway, it's a wonderful Wednesday, and we're glad that you joined in to us today. Today our topic is about trending churches. Trendy, trending, uh, you know, whatever, uh, however you want to use that. Uh, you know, let me ask you a question. And, and I want, to, I, I want to, a serious answer to this question, if, if you can. Uh, if you had to go to a church and these were your two options that you had. You had on behind door A. Enter door A, you walk into a traditional church. You have the choir. You have the preacher. You have everybody in their Sunday's best, you know, literally not, you know, dressed up, looking good. And, you know, it's all kind of. It's, it's you know, it's maybe a little draggy, maybe a little rusty, you know, you can hear a little creaks and crevices. <laughs> but the folk are there and the word is going forward. And, you know, you, you do that with behind door number A or letter A. And behind door letter B, you have a, you know, a less... Less uh sculpted church, you have a church where the environment is come as you are, whatever you wear is fine, we don't care. The preacher is dressed not in the a robe not in uh flashy suits with gaiters and you know and high cuff links and anything like that. but the preacher is dressed down wearing maybe you know I don't know what the latest pa- you know fashion trends are. I ain't going to lie to you I'm not even going but the preacher is dressed down. Everybody is in their casual best. Not the Sunday's best, but the casual's best. There's no choir. There may be a little praise team who's seen a couple of selections. But there's a DJ in the house. The DJ got the party rocking. Would you, which one would you choose? Which one would you choose? Would you go to the church uh, that, you know, it, it was traditional and. Your mama, daddy, them would fit right in. Would you go to that church or would you go to a church that less, is more relaxed and the atmosphere was a calm, cool atmosphere? Or perhaps even more so a trendy hip-hop church? The reason I ask is because I'm seeing this trend happen where uh, preachers are trying to uh, connect and be relevant by being trendy. And that has some there has some perks to it, but what happens is it's is what we're seeing the fallout from uh dr bryant jamal bryant's uh incident a couple of weeks ago. We're seeing that fallout because in the effort in the effort to be trendy to be hip to be you know relevant, we're finding that it, as preachers get possibly backfire against us uh and, it, well, maybe, maybe not back, it backfired in him, on him in that particular case. What about these preachers who, you know, uh, he quoted, Dr. Bryant quoted Chris Brown. Uh, but what about these preachers who, who base their sermons off, you know, current uh, reality television? Oh, you know, I, I've seen, I've seen preachers, I've seen preachers. That uh, you know, they'll they'll do a series based on Real Housewives of 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 Atlanta or what's the another one the Love and Hip Hop LA? I mean not LA, uh, is it Atlanta too? Oh okay, Love and Hip Hop Atlanta, Basketball Wives. Um, you, you know, I'm just talking church, uh, just trop just dropping some of these shows I, I i i rarely don't watch them i have friends them, and sometimes you know they ask i watch and i i get lost because i i have to ask all these questions about who the characters are and i use character because i see it as a television show they may be real individuals but you know it's still a character to me but anyway so these guys there's some preachers, not so much as young preachers, and I know the younger pre is more prevalent in younger preachers than it is in older preachers. But uh, I'm putting both of them in the same box here: preachers in general, and you know the the older ones who you know, may be going through their preaching midlife crisis, and uh, and so they're trying to be hip, and you know they they so they start. Uh, and I noticed that I've I watched some televisions every now and then. I watched, uh, you know. Some that broadcast on television in the morning, on Sundays, or or whenever it comes on. I may catch a couple. And it's just funny to me that I'm seeing these preachers no longer wearing the shirt, you know, the suit and tie. Um, uh, And it's largely in white evangelical Protestant churches. They're they're dressing down. And and if you paid attention, guys like Ed Ed Hodges uh, out of Texas. Um, uh, his son, now, well, there's father and son. I'm talking about the son specifically, and um, his son uh, he 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 he's relevant. You know, he's young, he's hip, and uh, he talks about sex. And and you know, he has thousands and multi-site campuses and things of that nature. So the church is trendy. You go there and you feel, you, you know, you you're feeling the pastor is is like me the pastor is not going to be talking to me down and you know he's not from an elevated pulpit per se because the way it's presented in some of these churches you know the pastor is presented on the same level as the people and not on an elevated space um there's a church in in um north carolina that i recently discovered and it's just outside uh charlotte north carolina and I can't recall the exact name of the town or the suburb. But uh, uh, they have a Saturday worship service at 5 o'clock in the afternoon. And the service is specifically dedicated to a, a specific a- age group between 19 and, and 30, somewhere in there. Uh, and it's a completely non-traditional service, which means you come, dress as you want, however you want to dress and is not intended to proselytize you it's uh it's a worship experience specifically catered to a hip hop uh uh audience um the church I can't uh, what's the name of the church what's the name? Oh man uh, generation 1 church that's the name of the church generation 1 church is uh it's 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 a young church the pastor uh is is versed and trained educated but he felt that his calling was specifically to this age group and so he planted a church that is incorporate that incorporates all of the things this particular age group uh can identify with. So uh they there's the encouragement of using their their uh smartphones, their tablets, you know, that's encouraged to be used. They're encouraged to tweet during service. They're encouraged to the Facebook during service. They're encouraged to do all this, you know, be multitasking. Social networking is incorporated into the into the identity of the church, and they have a DJ. And th- so this is, uh, you won't be going. Don't go there if you want to hear a hymn like, you know, blessed assurance. You're not going to hear that. Yeah, not in a traditional sense. You might. They may have a a hip hop version of that. I don't know. <laughs> Don't go there if you want to hear a three-point sermon. You're not going to hear a three-point sermon uh, in the traditional black preaching style. You you won't hear that. Um, matter of fact, this church is designed specifically to help the, uh you know, even at worship time at 5 o'clock is designed. I'm not making this up. Um, uh, they hold the service at five o'clock, so they allow the congregation enough time to get ready for a night of clubbing after, you know, at other establishments. This is what this. I'm not making this up. You can go. Uh, I and I, I'm most of this I'm getting from the old black church. Uh, uh dot com. Uh, this is a, a story I, I found on their website, so you might want to go to the old black church dot com and check out this particular article. Uh, regarding uh, Generation 1 church. Uh, but it's, it's really, it's really, this is a church that is using cultural trends as a tool, or not even a tool, but as their identity for ministry. So, you know, this is the way they are attracted. Uh, they are attracting young people into the church. And that my thing is, uh, you know, I can see it being as a tool, but not as a church exclusively and I have several I have several uh, acquaintances that who uh, one in particular my friend Big Al we grew up together Big Al is ministry but Big Al is also uh, up and coming rising star in, in uh, gospel hip hop and I know that to many that may sound redundant and whatever but uh, you know he's, a, he's an authentic uh, he loves the Lord he, this guy he, and I'm putting the plug in for you, Big Al. So I, 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 maybe I should pull up your website to get some people to, to buy your tracks. But anyway, I mean, when I say this, he's an authentic uh, representation of bridging the two uh, or, or inhan- infusing the two without compromise. This, you know, Big Al, uh, and I'm saying this publicly on my show, and I've said it to him before. Uh, he's not ashamed of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, and You know he's not a hustler. (laughs) You know he's a math teacher. He's he loves the young people and what he does with his uh, music ministry or uh, ministry music. uh, I guess that's what I saw. One uh, Facebook person, one of my Facebook friends, put it this way: Uh, They got a program that goes on at that church um, that is um, Pastor Dale Sanders out of Oakdale, uh, Louisiana and um i can't think of where the church is uh forgive me i can't think of the church but they have an event that they sponsor um i won't say churches in openland louisiana anyway kinder Openland, oh they're all in the same place but um uh they have an event that they do uh that incorporates and they call it praise gospel hour and, and it's really cool uh so yeah i'm putting out i'm putting out a shout out for that um it's in kinder louisiana okay they don't call it uh they don't emphasize the music as much as they emphasize the ministry and it's music in ministry you know we like to put ministry in music but it's they're 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 emphasizing the ministry part The ministry is what's important and while the music may be hip-hop flavored or whatnot the ministry is what is important and i like the way that they phrase it they put the music in ministry instead of music ministry and uh i know it's just semantics but sometimes semantics makes a great difference when it comes to the audience but anyway i digress i i, I was i did two plugs and one boy it's bad y'all both about to pay me for <laughs> And no, I'm not rambling. I'm staying on track. I'm staying on track. I'm staying on my point here. I just wanted to put those plugs in. Uh, <laughs> free plugs for those two events. And well, i put a plug in. Let me find out. Yeah. Uh, on the 13th, if you're in the June, June 13th, if you are in the uh, Kinder, Oakdale, uh, Oberlin, South Louisiana, Lake Charles area, Western southwest Louisiana area, make your way to St. John Baptist Church for their praise factor. Okay, that's the plug. I'm done. And also, go look up Big Al, gospel artist, Superman, my buddy. Uh, get his tracks, his, get his singles, his album. You'll be blessed. Okay. Uh, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to take a break, and then I'm going to come back and get myself all back together. Can I, you think that'll work? I think it'll work. I'm going to do that, and then I'm going to come back and we'll you know, get back on topic. All right. Be back right after this. It's our favorite, yours and mine, because we found it together on a walk, 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 love to walk, a long walk, a a walk with you, a walk I smelled squirrels on, but I stayed by your side because I could tell, could feel that you had a bad day and me being bad wouldn't make it any better, but being there was already helping a little anyway, and then we found that wonderful thing, waiting there, waiting for you and me and you smiled and threw it and I decided right when I picked it up I would never ever leave it anywhere ever because that wonderful bouncy roll around thing had made you play and that had made you smile put more play in your day beneficial play it's good for you I need you. I feel so alone. But you're not alone. I knew you'd come. Like I could stay away. You know I can't do this without you. You'll never have to. You're always there for me. I'll get you a rental car. I don't use an umbrella. Fall in love with Progressive Claim Service. It was the best day. It was the best day. It was the best day. Because We make a great pair. Great pair. Huh? Progressive. And the great outdoors. We make a great pair. Right. Totally. Uh, that's what I was thinking. All kinds of vehicles, all kinds of savings. Multi-policy discounts from Progressive. Call or click today. Friends, There's nothing as soothing as having a sweet aroma penetrate all of your senses. Peacock, the newest candle fragrance by HeCentric, is that aroma. Peacock is a vegan hand poured candle that fills the room with a soothing aroma that everyone is guaranteed to enjoy. Peacock by Hecentric is the fragrance developed by Lady Jocelyn Sanders that's designed to reflect the glory in everyday life. I guarantee you will not disappointed when you order your candle today from Hecentric. I have one at home and in my office and I tell you it's so good. It helps me relax at home and it helps me concentrate and stay on task in the office. You need to order yours today by visiting LadySanders.com, and while they also pick up a copy of her book The Encounter I'm telling you you will love both peacock by bi- he-centric, reflecting the glory in everyday life it was just gigantic it was humongous enormous huge bill that's actually when we switched to Vonage the service is great i don't see any difference with the call quality more i can just pick up the phone call as many family members as i want ugh why did i not do this earlier I'm Laura Pruden, and this was my last bill before I switched to Vonage. Time is running out to get Vonage World for just $14.99 a month with unlimited domestic and international calls. Go to Vonage.com or call now. You're listening to Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. Welcome back to zero day again I'm your humble host pastor Lorenzo Neal I have had no coffee but I'm talking fast for some reason nah I don't know why I said that anyway <laughs> I'm just having a little bit of fun um, but anyway we're talking about um, trending churches trendy churches you know and I mentioned uh, I, I discussed it you know in the last segment by right before the break we're talking about a church that's, that's hip-hop centered and Particularly, uh, one generation one church out of somewhere uh, it's outside of Charlotte, and uh, one thing that threw me off is you know while I appreciate the attempt uh, of the, the the pastor and leadership team to create an environment where people can be appreciative of their hip hop culture, but yeah, what threw me off is when he said that you know we start service at five o'clock so so folks can get out you know the audience can get out and then go. You know they can go club. At least I guess they can say I guess he's real. You know, they they going. They at least they go to church first before they club. (laughs) Uh, But you know, again, my question, my my my, Here's the issue that I'm presenting in this in this argument about trendy churches. I believe, and I, I I secure this from scripture. I undergird this belief from Scripture that the church is not to, supposed to be trendy. It's not supposed to be hip. It's not even supposed to be relevant. It's only supposed to it exists to make disciples. And disciples are not supposed to be relevant to the world. Disciples are to be counter to the world. They'd be, they are supposed to present alternative, uh, you know, not alter, not even alternatives. You know, because I don't want to present Christianity as an alternative lifestyle, uh, you know, or, or an alternative means of that. It's not. Uh, uh, the church uh, or discipleship or uh, believing faith in Christ is not an alternative thing. It's not supposed to be. Him. You know, when you become a follower of Christ, a follower of the way, a man, a woman who has embraced the salvific grace of God through the person of Jesus Christ, you are no longer yourself. Paul put it this way in um, in, in Galatians chapter five, uh, ver- chapter two, verse twenty: "I am crucified with Christ, so I no longer live." But I do live, I live not my life by my own, but by the faith of the Son of God who lives in me. And he gave himself for me. And, of course, I paraphrase that. I quote it directly. But that's just a reference that you can see. So once you become a a member of the body of Christ, uh, it is no longer your responsibility to be relevant. It is no longer your responsibility to be trendy. I I, you know, and that's a struggle because, it, it, and it goes back centuries. I mean, the same argument is is you know can be put in a in a sophistic ar- argument you know, uh, argument about matter and um, mass or not not quite that uh, you know, uh, essentialism and existence existence you know what is it. What is the essence of us as believers, and what is the existence? What should our existence be like as believers? Should we be trendy? I mean, should we uh, craft our gospel message so that it attracts others? No. If we go, I mean, if we're going to be biblical about it, no. Uh, if, we, if we bring, if we draw from uh, the literature of Paul the Apostle, uh, particularly in his Corinthian uh, literature, First and Second Corinthians, in those particular narratives and uh, uh, those discourses, in those pericope, some pericope scripture within those those letters, you will find that he argues that he was not coming as in a persuasive manner. He did not come; he was not attempting to convince the Corinthian church persuasively. He said it all of his whole preaching and all of his means of discipling uh making disciples was done under the power and influx of the holy spirit not through self-reliance or vain words as he writes in first corinthians but in demonstration of the holy spirit and with power and the option thereof and that is what uh that is what and and because we just celebrated pentecost sunday I mean, we should be doing the same thing. The disciples, uh, on the day of Pentecost, Peter did not rely on relevant speech. It happened to be relevant because of the audience he was addressing. The audience that he was addressing were a group of Jews who were a bit confused by the occasion of the Holy Spirit outpouring. And these 120 individuals, men and women, uh, speaking in languages that they could understand. understood, that others could understood that they know that those people did not learn, that was not their natural language. So these people speaking in tongues drew crowds. and The crowds were wondering what's wrong with these people, and the relevant message came forth from Peter, as he said, uh, men and women, this is not what you think. They're not drunk because it's too early in the morning, but this is the thing that Joel the prophet prophesied of. His son. And God will pour out his spirit upon all flesh, and sons and daughters would prophesy. And the audience, the message was relevant to the audience culture. And I got to stress that. The message that Peter preached was relevant to the audience because the further he went into his message, the more he brought out the connection between Jesus Christ and the Day of Pentecost and the celebration and their, their Abrahamic uh, covenant. and So much so, by the time he finished preaching, 3,000 people responded to the relevancy of the message. And I think this is this my argument. When we start trying to make relevancy of the message to the culture, we mess up. Because the culture changes. Trends change. And that's why I say sometimes being a trendy church can be dangerous. Because you always have to reinvent yourself. Think about these preachers who keep reinventing themselves. Uh, or you know, they, they their sermons have to they always have to be relevant to the culture. Instead of, and instead of engaging the culture for transformation, they are engaging the culture to be like them. You know, they're basically stealing from the culture, incorporating it into the church, and then celebrating that they did something. It's like it's an accomplishment. Y'all, and, y'all know people who do that. I, I couldn't tell you the number of times. I, I hate. I absolutely despise. And I have done it, so I'm talking about myself. When we take... Secular music and incorporate it into the Christian uh, church, and then perform it as sacred music. And it, it, it irks me because, with, with you know, in speaking to relevance and, and, and attempting to be relevant to the culture, we deny the the the, the power of the spirit. To do so, Jesus put it this way in, in John chapter 15, it's the Holy Spirit that convicts of some sin. It's not the relevancy, it's not the relevant way or the trendy message or the trendy service that convicts people of sin. Uh-uh, no, it's not that. That would not do anything. And that's why most people are having issue with what Jamal did, uh, or not, not so much what he did, how his audience reacted to what he did, what he said. That's the problem people, a lot of good church folk are having uh, because it's saying that the people in the audience care more about the pastor's you know, familiarity with secular world than preaching the gospel. They said that they care more being uh, lukewarm Christians because that's the only way you can react. That's the only way. That is the only way that people, the women in that audience, that are high-fiving each other and screaming, and he has to tell them to settle down. The only way they could do that is if they are lukewarm Christians, they are not faithful. they do not take the heart of the gospel message to themselves, and you could question their salvation. You could do it, because there is no way that should happen. But anyway. I love my train of thought just that quickly. Uh, relevant uh, being trendy is only can only last and only take a preacher or take a ministry or take individual so far. Uh, and you maybe you know I'm conservative literally. I, you know I, 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 I'm still one of those preachers that think you only need to have four standard suits: you're blue, you're, you're, you're blue, your black, you're uh brown. Basically, well, three (laughs) and one of those shades. You know, you have your you have your shade of blue. Your various shades, not too light. You know, stick to royal blue or midnight blue, and maybe you know somewhere in between. And your black, you know, your your black your black suit. Your brown should be you know not too dark, not too light. You know, you know something like that. And uh, I have a white suit for Easter. (laughs) <laughs> but those are the basic, you know, and same thing with the socks. You only had brown, brown, black, or a dark blue socks. You get what I'm saying? That's that's the kind of that's the kind of way I I was, and and I still stick to that. Now, I'm coming out a little bit. I mean, it took me a while to wear colored shirts. You know, all I had was white at one time. You know, but with the ties, I, you know, that's how I showed my individuality. <laughs> but but. I said all that to say, you know, when you try to be trendy, the dangerous thing is that you become one of those individuals that the author in 1 Timothy uh, 3 talks about. You know, you become one of those who start beginning to stay ahead and stay, you know, stay in the now, live, live in the present moment and, you know, be connected to the world and you start preaching doctrines of devils and stuff like that, you begin, you're you're more likely to embrace, because you're trying to keep your ear to the world, you're more likely to be embraced by the deception that the world is falling in. And Paul talks about that in 2 Corinthians. You know, you give in to the foolery of the world and try to make that acceptable to the church. And when you do that, you can lead people astray. And people have itching ears. And that's the biggest problem, I think. That's the biggest danger, I believe, uh, a trendy church offers to its members. When you have a church that's trying to be trendy, trying to stay hip and relevant, what happens is that you lose the whole gospel of Christ. Not the full gospel, the whole gospel. Because full gospel is, you know, is a denomination now. And, and you know, it's a whole different beast of an animal. I said all that to say... Uh, so how 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 what should we do because i'm 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 running out of time pretty quick and so i i you know i don't want to tear down without presenting a solution and and i'm gonna say this i'm a young pastor i'm a young man and i'm pastor and i've been in ministry long enough to realize that uh trends come and go preaching styles come and go except the black church you know we we got our preaching style, but you know headlines come and go and there are some things that we could use as teachable moments and i think uh uh last the last week thing with uh dr uh, jamal was a teach i used that as a teachable moment to be relevant is not important and to empower our people to not just be listening for catchphrases clichés wise fables and things that's what paul warned against uh you know they won't be falling to these vain philosophies and stuff like that but that we will preach the word as he says that be instant in season and out of season Repre- reproving rebuking correcting that is what we are entitled to do that is what we are empowered to do as preachers without offense and we're gonna offend jesus said don't worry about offense you're gonna be offended you know woe to those who were not offended it's- is the thing the is going to come as long as you're a believer you're going to suffer persecution as long as you're a believer if you're suffering it for christ that's done if you're being persecuted for sin as in the case uh so you know then that's a whole other thing but what we must do is stand firm in preaching the gospel and if their hearts are convicted by the Holy Spirit then they will become a part. They'll be willing to be disciples. They will understand what is necessary. and They won't want to be a part of the world if they're being convicted by the, If we're preaching the gospel of the way it should be preached, then the Holy Spirit convicting them will convince them that they should come out of where they are and not even try to be like that anymore. But if we're going to be uh, preaching a soft, soft sissy gospel and I apologize if you use the word sissy. I'm not defending anyone, but I'm just saying that the gospel that's powerless, uh, that gives that gives people to have a zeal for God, but not as to knowledge. Then what we'll find is that we'll have more people who have no idea about what their true calling is about discipleship, regarding discipleship. To go out and make discipleship. That's what Christ said, and the, the Great Commission. We are to go out. And make disciples. We are not to go out and put on a show to make people like us more, so that we can get more people to come. But anyway, anyway, I digress. So, but um, you know, if you're in, if you suspect that you are in a, a church that's trying to be trendy, and not be not not being the gospel, this is my advice to you. You know, if this is a church that you were brought up in, you know, you do your best to seek the Lord, get in the Word. You know. Seek the Lord for yourself, and you, you'll find. You know whether the Lord will tell you to leave or not. If you're a pastor, if you're a pastor and you're listening, and and you're you're finding this struggle, you want to be able to uh, find a way to to minister to young people. You know, you know sometimes the old the old landmark is the best landmark. Sometimes just keeping it simple, without going overboard trying to fit in or trying to make yourself you're not just preach the gospel and let the holy spirit do the work of god they join they join they don't they don't you do what you're supposed to do don't try to be relevant it's a struggle but jesus is the example and when you read through the narratives in the gospel of jesus you never find where he was trying to be relevant he was always radical radical does not mean relevant Let's not get that mixed up but anyway I've run out of time, and uh, I just thank you guys for listening for this week. Again, you can catch any episode that we have all the way back, um, way back, way back. You can catch it, and we'll be uh, downloading any archive show. You can go to um, <laughs> catch you can. We'll be there. Until next week, next time, we invite you to, to, stay, to, uh, to tune in. And this is Pastor Lorenzo Neal and have a wonderful Wednesday. God bless you.